listening to a podcast from Light FM. Unlocking the secret to better parenting. This is Growing Pains on the Light Breakfast. Today it's all about cartoons and the effect they have on kids with our resident child psychologist, Katiana Azman. Katiana, you know, we've spoken about this before, but not at length. There are a lot of cartoons readily available online for kids to watch, whether it's to educate or entertain. However, mm. some cartoons have been interpreted by parents as bad for the kids. Can you yes. give us like examples perhaps of what cartoons have been in the spotlight for this and, uh, and the reasons here? Yeah. Uh, I think most recently it would have to be Peppa Pig. Um, yeah. That's the one that a lot of people and and Peppa Pig is ridiculously famous. Um, a lot of kids. I mean, initially it was kind of joking that there is this whole generation of kids who live outside the UK who are now walking around with British accents. That is true, Pig. actually. <laughs> it's adorable. I've seen some of the videos. Um, but the reason why Peppa Pig has come into the spotlight lately, and 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 this is just purely based on what I've been told. I haven't watched Peppa Pig myself, but one of the things that's coming out is how the car- cartoon is portraying certain types of behavior patterns um, or at least perpetuating certain types of behavior patterns which is now unfortunately being picked up by these very young impressionable children so what I mean is there have been some reports that Peppa as a character can come across as being quite defiant some even say quite rude and argumentative towards the parental figures in in her life and as a result we're seeing kids kind of being a lot more comfortable saying no and defying and things like that and and being a little bit more difficult. And so there's been it's been taken into question over whether that type of influence through the cartoons is actually really bad for us. And it's just it's just one example of cartoons that have been uh, flagged recently. But yeah, kind of are the behaviors displayed in these cartoons putting our kids at risk of behavior problems themselves? Hmm. What's weird, my son grew up with Peppa Pig as well. And, you know, I never saw these behavioral issues with hmm. him or the other kids who actually were in that group sort of watching the same sort of things. Is it all about the cartoon or is it about parameters or boundaries? Maybe you can explain. I think it's a combination of the two. Of course, watching the cartoon isn't enough for a child to sort of come across as having defiance issues and, and behavioral issues. Absolutely. But I think it comes in collaboration with the fact that, you know, Pushing boundaries is an age-appropriate thing that children do when they're Mm -hmm. in this age bracket. I mean, more prominently so when they're kind of approaching the lower primary age range, but definitely exploring boundaries, exploring sort of the parameters, as you said, of yes and no Mm. is something that is 100% normal and appropriate based on what their brain is doing at that age. So I think it's when you couple that, when they've now been given example or they've been exposed to what that type of behavior looks like, And then you add that to the fact that you're now going through this stage in their development where pushing boundaries and exploring parameters is part of their development. Mm -hmm. You kind of have this perfect storm, if you will, of of situations. So I think it's a combination of a couple of things. I think that when you have kids who are being a little bit more rude or a little bit more difficult, parents who kind of curb that and educate Mm -hmm. kids that this is not acceptable Mm -hmm. are the ones who are not going to see this become something that escalate. So you're right, watching the cartoons is not sufficient to be able to create a generation of kids who are uh, who find it very hard to follow instructions and right. things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think it's just when you had sort of parents who might find it very difficult to reinforce boundaries and to stick to the rules that will kind of add to that, I think. 
Besides the cartoons then that supposedly mm. teach or demonstrate far too much in detail bad behavior, mm. could you explain a little bit about how the actual rapid scene changes affect mm. a toddler's brain development? So the other cartoon that's been given quite a lot of negative attention within the therapeutic community lately is Coco Melon, mm. which I know that every child now watches. Yeah. And the reason behind why Coco Melon is being flagged or being sort of like getting in a little bit of hot water with sort of therapists around the world is because it consists of a lot of very rapidly changing scenes, lots of very bright colors. And it is a very stimulating show, which is why kids love it. Fortunately, going back to why we don't want kids on screen time at all anyway to begin with mm. is because of what the brain is doing in terms of growth when it comes to things like the prefrontal cortex and all of that. And so when you have scenes that are rapidly changing, bright flashing colors, it actually delays or impacts upon the development of the PFC or the prefrontal cortex. Mm. And so we are seeing kids who are more prone to being more hyperactive, lower sense of attention, retention, mm. things like that, right? I mean, of course, again, this is this is not saying that that's the only reason these things occur, but we're seeing a little bit of a pattern. We're also seeing that, you know, shows like Coco Melon aren't really encouraging back and forth communication. So they might be very good at teaching kids words, teaching kids songs, but they're not actually actually giving kids the space to have the back and forth. Right. They talk at you rather than encouraging you to talk with them. And there are mm. a lot of shows that have made an effort to make that more part of it. So for example, Miss Rachel is really good at pausing and giving kids the chance to kind of mimic what she's saying. Mm. So they're kind of having that back and forth as much as possible. Mm. Yeah, so shows like that where things are all about bright colors, very quick change scenes, it's actually not very good for very young children. So the advice that we're giving out right now is if you have to let your child watch a screen at a very young age try to select more what we call movies rather than cartoons that have episodes so shows right. that have a longer length mm -hmm. shows that work on more muted colors rather right. than bright you know primary colors so things like that are a way for us to kind of circumvent um some of this you know some of the impact that makes sense. It's like you can't live in a disco the whole time. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. And that's what it's like for them. Yeah. yeah. When kids are already overly stimulated by these mm. shows that mm. are very exciting and they've already been exposed to it, the mm. next thing is if we are trying to stop them mm. from watching it, they have mm. meltdowns, they're cranky, right? Yep. How do parents then navigate this issue? So I think that, you know, that's kind of the things because they are a lot more impulsive when they've gotten used to this type of thing, right? Mm -hmm. And so what you want to do is, again, wean them off. Don't go cold turkey. You might understand the reasoning behind it, but they absolutely won't. If your child is old enough to understand verbal instruction, then prompt them before the device is taken away or the show mm -hmm. is ending. Tell them like, okay, so you got five more minutes. Use things like egg timers and stuff to help the child keep track of the time. You could also print visual cards if your child is a little bit younger so you could print off for example the picture of a clock and just write with an erasable marker sort of what the hands need to look like right. in, for when the show is going to end so helping them kind of prepare because if you kind of go okay show's over and you take the device away that's definitely going to cause a meltdown yeah. so I would say help prep and then also start to gradually reduce the amount of hours or minutes that your child has on the device as the weeks go on and supplement with activities that are very engaging 
engaging. Mm-hmm. And this is not just like, here, here's a book, go read. That's not going to work for right. young children. Yeah. Yeah. So you might want to bring out the Legos, the arts and crafts, make some slime, bake some cookies, things that are very creative that allow mm-hmm. them to work with their hands because that provides them with a lot of what we call tactile stimulation. Anything that kind of triggers their senses in much the same way right. as what the screen time might have done. Um, so anything, again, with their hands, with smells and kind of like, you know, and I think that would be a good transition point. So, okay, fine. I'm not being able to sit and watch my cartoon for another hour, but we're going to go and get messy and we're going to build something creative and do something fun with kid, uh, with mom and dad. And that's a usually good transition point for kids. Hmm. I like that. Something equally sort of busy and messy and, and don't be afraid of the meltdowns, right? Because yeah. um, yes. that sort of habit as it were tapers off and changes once they realize that that that's the line in the sound that's what i found personally anyway. i was i was kind of reflecting on like what we did growing up and i just remember whenever my cousins and i were getting a little bit too engrossed in the tv we didn't have ipads back then but just yeah. the tv mm. my grandma would just holler for all of us fill up like a bucket in the backyard and like put soap in it and chuck us all in and so we'd just be playing with like yeah. the, the gardening hose yeah. and you know rolling in the dirt and it was you know those were the types of things which I know now in hindsight was just her way of being like my grandkids are glued to the TV a little too <laughs> yeah. much you yeah. know but it was just something that was basically free and we'd spend all afternoon just hanging out in the backyard so I think that you know it's going back to the basics I think sometimes is really helpful and that is what kids thrive off of kids mm. do not need a device to be entertained mm. and so yeah it's just about being creative it is so difficult to avoid screens nowadays, even mm-hmm. if you really don't want your child to be on one. They're just mm-hmm. absolutely everywhere. And they're seeing other kids on them as well. You've mentioned picking the sort of the more movie type sort of cartoons that are more muted and have a bit more of a story that sort of stretch out. You've mentioned also sort of making sure that sort of time is limited. You've also mentioned to fill up the time with equally stimulating, busy projects and things arts and crafts I could do are there any other important factors we need to be aware of when we sort of like think about the windows in which we will allow our kids to watch something I mean the American Association of Pediatrics is extremely strict with regards to screen time and that's something that myself and my colleagues try really hard to advocate for Mm. so the advice that we're giving parents is zero screen time prior to the age of two 30 minutes of supervised Mm. screen time between the ages of two to five and when I say supervised that means mom or dad sits with the child and the child can watch the cartoon but you interact with the child when you're watching so it's not a passive thing but like you said it's something that we can't avoid and so I would say to parents that if you have to expose your child to a screen keep it as minimal as possible as much as you can manage try not to cross over into the threshold of multiple hours when Mm. you have a child who is under sort of in the kindergarten understand at one age bracket you should kind of try to stay away from anything that's involving hours you can spread it out so if your child is on the device for say like 30 minutes or 20 minutes break that time go do something else and come back later if you need to so I would say just not make it like a continuous stretch of multiple hours um, right. if you can manage that and also be there right I mean as much as the devices are really and, and I'm speaking from experience I was very very strict about not wanting my child exposed to it but like you said you can't help it yeah. so I would say sit there interact with them describe to them what they're watching be a narrator if you will right because then that encourages the child to have a back and forth conversation with 
with someone about what they're watching. So those types of things. And like you said, you know, try to stick to shows that are a little bit longer in length because then, you know, it's a little bit less rapid. So things like, you know, Disney cartoons, like that's just, I, people don't watch Disney cartoons anymore. I know. Um, <laughs> Actually, that was in my bag of ammunition yeah. because I would choose really boring things. So he'd be like, this is so boring. I want to go and paint or do something else. So that yes. was one way I actually managed to get him sort of like, you know. Because their attention span is yeah. not that great at that age, you right. know. So when you're thinking about cartoons that are running an hour and a half two hours long mm. they end up wanting to do something else anyway being a little bit more selective with what you expose your child to and I think the big advice is I tell parents just because it's a cartoon doesn't mean it's appropriate for children mm. so if you're going to let your child watch something Park yourself down and watch it first so you can understand. There's a lot of reports coming in of cartoons on things like even like YouTube kids that pe parents just think is safe mm. that have some very disturbing content in it that mm. discuss topics that are just very not appropriate for kids that age. Mm -hmm. So just because it's animated doesn't mean it's appropriate for children. So make sure you are aware of what your child is watching. I mean, there are now functionalities on devices where a child cannot swap to different screens or right. swap to different tabs I would say activate that so your child isn't accidentally wandering into a scene that he, he or she shouldn't mm -hmm. be watching mm -hmm. so just be very on point when it comes to what your child is exposed to because it is a very very big part of that generation so we can't ignore it but it's also a very influential element so mm -hmm. a lot of things that we're dealing with is happening in these cartoons and kids right. movies so you need to be very aware of what it is right. as a backup do what my grandmother used to do bring out the water pistols and go hey yes there you go water pistol <laughs> Hose everyone down in the backyard <laughs> yeah you've been listening to a light fm podcast on shock that's s-y-o-k